I got a guest on. We actually kind of flirted with the idea of getting him on probably, this was over a year now ago, back in February before COVID ran rampant. It was uh, simpler times. Mark Dowdle, we originally wanted you on to talk minimalism. Maybe we'll get into it. We don't mm. know. You are a minimalist, aren't you? Mm. I, you know, well, first off, thank you for having me. This is a, this is a real honor to be here. Um, funny you say that because I'm actually in Kansas City right now for work. Um, I work for Busy Coffee. Shout out Busy Coffee. Um, and I live out of our van. And it turns out my dad is in Kansas City as well. So I'm able to get a good shower. I'm able to do some laundry and I'm, I'm able to get a real bed tonight. So um, you got to take those wins. But yeah, we if we if we can get to that, that'd be great. Um, maybe we'll have time to touch on the minimalism aspect. But yeah, van living is real. Slept in a parking lot last night in the middle of Iowa. Um, and it's very real. It's very raw for sure. It is raw. We've had some people on that are, uh, well, my co-host, Nick, he's a nomad. He lives somewhere new pretty much every week. I yeah. literally never know which country he's in. I recently had to get the app WhatsApp to mm. communicate with him more efficiently yep. and smoothly. Um, but no, that just reminded me today. So you just had a, you know, you slept in a parking lot and you were saying, <laughs> yeah, it was great. I got a shower. I got a bed. I, today I caught myself just thinking for some reason, I was actually kind of getting myself in the mindset to talk to you because you're a very deep thinker. Everybody that's listening right now, this is going to be a very cosmic conversation. This is going to be very inwardly advanced, I would call it. And mm. today, so I'm getting in the dowdle zone and I'm just driving and I'm like, damn, I can see the yellow on the road. Like, I'm thankful that I'm not colorblind. I can see the green in the trees. I'm thankful mm. for that. And that uh, those little moments of gratefulness kind of enhance your day a little bit when you step aside and kind of see you know how many blessings are going on but yeah that, the doubt will affect real by the way you get me thinking deep you get me mm. thinking deep well that's that's awesome um it's funny you mentioned that because it you know i think a lot of us go through the day and our mind can go one of two ways we can take the moments to be grateful which is a practice it's really hard to do um, and, or we could kind of go into, um, sort of that dark space. And I was listening to a podcast just the other day with Jesse Itzler, who is, um, a ph phenomenal role model, um, to my, to my life. And he just talked about, um, wins in not terms of like big wins, but as flipping the momentum. So whenever you're in a space where you feel like you're going in the wrong direction, either physically or mentally, how can you flip the momentum in the smallest way possible to start trending in the opposite direction? And that can be as simple as, yes, like you said, I can see the yellow paint on the, the pavement. Like just being able to tell yourself that is an opportunity for you to see things in a way that you're grateful for. And you can start to open your eyes to other, you know, you know, you got friends and family, like the big things, and it really changes things mentally. So yeah, that's funny that you say that flipping the momentum is huge. It's huge. And I'm a big believer in momentum. Um, and really quickly before we really dive in, speaking of momentum and flipping it, have you ever had a day where you walk out of the house, you just don't feel good. And you know, the old, the old saying from Deion Sanders, look good, feel good, play good. 
Hmm. Well, I got a way to flip the momentum to feel good. And you know this brand. I know this brand. We all know this brand. It's Ghost Fit. Uh, we did a short series with them. Josh Parks is the owner. Mark and I both went to college with Josh. Love him. Stud running back. Uh, and he's just, he's a great guy and even better. He's got a great product. And we have a great promo code. Bold, B-O-L-D, gets you 15% off. Me and Mark are wearing... Uh, his custom shirts, Love Like Lori, which we will dive into. I think we might have just had a competitive conversion before the podcast even began. He said he'd like to go with Ghost Fit next time. So if you're also a business owner, he does a lot of B2B. But again, code B-O-L-D, 15% off whole site. They just came out with their fall line. I'm going to wear Ghost Fit quarters if to work. I'm going to feel good. I'm going to call good. I'm going to get paid good. That's how, that's how it happens. So again, ghostfit.com, B-O-L-D. So... Diving in. Um, let's start at the top. Love Like Lori. Um, just explain what led to the creation of this and what's to come in about a week. When this episode yes. posts, it'll be a week out from the big event. Yeah. So, um, Love Like Lori. Um, so, I, I guess kind of taking it back to even where Blake uh, Weber and my relationship began. Uh, back at St. Thomas in 2017. And let me jump in quick. For all yeah. listeners, Blake is a mutual friend and listener of this podcast. Um, Mark and I are friends with Blake. And for anybody listening who knows Blake, self-explanatory, just wanted to do a quick cliff note. Yep. Yeah, no, appreciate it. Yeah, so Blake and I met in 2017 when he was transferring in to St. Thomas uh, to play football. Um, he transferred in from the U and yeah, instantly became buddies, um, playing the same position outside backer. Um, and just, you know, he's the type of guy who's over at it. We call him our extended roommate, our fifth roommate, because he was at the house constantly. So our relationship began and our journey began at St. Thomas on the playing field. Um, and that's when I learned about his family situation with his mom um, going on, I think at that, at that time it was year two of pancreatic cancer. Um, and then sort of fast forward to um, 2020 in August, sort of leading up to um, her, the end of her battle with pancreatic cancer, which was a little over four, four years. Um, I was getting into running and pretty, extensive amount of running uh, did a marathon in the fall of 2019 and then just as I am just was like what else can I do how much farther can I go and it was April of 2020 when I did something called calendar club and it's when you run the number of miles equivalent to the day so on April 1st it was one mile April 2nd it was two miles all the way up to the end of the month and at the end of that month, um, after completing this really massive goal, I just kind of, I walked away from it. Um, like, you know, there's gotta be way more out there than this, than this challenge that you know, I did it for myself. Um, it was a cool accomplishment, but nothing like, as you kind of started the podcast, I'm a deep, thinker and I'm a deep person and without that extra layer of who am I really impacting with this 
like why am I doing it? Is it for me to just do this cool challenge and be able to tell people about it? Um, and and so I just my brain started turning of like okay you know I don't really care about the physical aspect or the challenge of it. I care about who I can impact and who I can bring along, what community I can create, how I can you know help out the people around me through this um, like these massive challenges. Um, and so I just started looking um and keeping my ears uh peeled and blake had had talked to me about how his mom was coming to the end of her battle and it just sort of clicked of i knew that love like glory in the beginning of um, her battle was something that you know john had made shirts and they um raised money and I'm sure John will listen to this, but uh, with all due respect, uh, an, an older gentleman who doesn't have a ton of experience with social media outside of the Prior Lake community, I could recognize that if this was something that we really wanted to push out, it was going to have to be done through um, maybe Blake and I's network of people and our connections and something um, like a big event type of thing. And so I just brought them the idea of, hey, I wanna run from Duluth to St. Paul and um, you know, let's give love, love Like Gloria like legs and bring it to life and raise a bunch of money and have this big event around um, um, this, this, this legacy of love that Lori had. And um, that's sort of the origin story of kind of how it began. And so last October, um, a small group of us, Andrew uh, and Sarah, Blake Weber and John Weber, the four of us went from Duluth uh, to St. Paul. We raised over $10,000 and um, it's 160 miles in 43 hours. And so um, that is, I guess, the origin story of where this all began. And it, honestly, so you're on the road, like you said, with busy, you're on the road. Are you, uh, you're in marketing, I take it, correct? Uh, sales. So I sell in the stores, uh, checking on stores that were already in expand sets, do a little marketing on the side, but main focus is selling busy into stores. Okay. Okay. So, well, that's a compliment by the way, because you look, you seem like a marketer cause you're all over the place, literally all over the country. And you're all over social media, which is a marketer's <laughs> job, but sales and marketing go hand in hand. They do. So we, uh, on this podcast, we bring on a lot of people that have something going outside of work or a little bold, uh, take a drink at home, said the keyword, or kind of against the grain. And this clearly is something, you know, aside from busy. And right away, I just want to ask, the passion you have towards this is obviously there. Um, the deeper meaning is there. The emotional connection is there. Uh, raising awareness for something you hold dear to your heart is there. How do you manage all this? Because you got a lot of shit already with busy sleeping in parking garages and lots, literally. So how do you keep yourself sharp and how do you keep going? Because and another cliff note, you were an athlete in college, two sport athlete. One sport is a grind, a complete grind. Yeah. So I am assuming you got some of that, you know, this DNA from playing sports, but I'm not entirely sure. Uh, yeah. So that's a, that's actually a great question. Um, how am I managing? Uh, very chaotically. Um, if I'm being honest, it is a, a lot to manage. Um, 
At the same time, though, I think what I need to do a better job of is asking for help and allowing other people to help. So that's something that I have been able to at least do this go around that I didn't do a good job of last time um, because I'm the type of person who I don't want to burden anybody. And I also don't want to, like, I know everybody's got shit going on. They have not only their jobs, their social life, and then all the stressors and anxieties that are going on in their life. And so um, me, the people pleaser in me, the person who wants to take on the world and put it on my shoulders is like, I don't want to burden anybody else because this is like, in, in a lot of ways, this event that like I had brought to the Webers and I had brought to people. And so I didn't want to bring them this thing that I wanted to help out with and then dump a lot of responsibility onto them. Um, but I think, you know, this go around asking for help has been helpful. Um, I would say also, you know, the reaching out and, you know, you know, getting people's attention, selling shirts, raising money, raising awareness, I think all of those things are, um, are not the thing that drive me, um, are not the main stressors for me. What I would say the main stressors is why am I doing it? I think, I think what gets me stuck a lot of, of, a lot of the time is really trying to hone in and make sure that my intention and everything that I do is um, is down for like the main purpose behind our mission with Love Like Glory and the Living the Legacy run that's coming up and really putting the focus on, okay, at the end of the day, what's the most important thing? Um, at like ground level, surface, um, boil down and do it like a single or few sentences. Um, it's really living the legacy and, and, at the end of the day, something that everybody can take away from that is we all have pain. We all have struggles and something that John and I go back and forth on. Um, he just texted me the other day and he said something along, along the lines of, you can only dance in a hurricane at the center. And what he meant by that was, through all the chaos, the only way that you're going to be able to handle the tough moments or get through situations that you are just not equipped for a death or some other tragedy is by going right to the center of it and facing it head on and then allowing other people around you to support you, knowing that when they're going through that tough time, you're going to support them right back. Um, so how do I manage it? I try and, I try and, I try and put myself and ground myself and say, okay, what's most important at the end of the day, Blake and John, like those are the, those are the two most important people for the reason behind why we're doing this. And Emily, uh, John is Blake's dad. John is Blake's dad. Emily Rose is Blake's sister and Blake. And it's like, at the end of the day, if we can take love like Lori and we can continue on the legacy of Lori Weber and, and do it in a way that reaches people who are also going through a tough situation, whether it's a loss, a family member from cancer, from really anything, and they can feel that love 
that's the only thing that matters. So whether we raise 20,000, 100,000, $10, it really doesn't matter. Um, what matters is that that is at the center of everything that um, we do and I do as far as like bringing awareness to it and reaching out to news stations and like, and, and, and keeping that at the focus. So it's chaotic, but it becomes very, um, like we started the podcast, it becomes a lot more simple when you can just say, I'm grateful for this and this is why we're doing it. And as long as we continue to push that message, the rest really doesn't matter. No, the rest is all noise. And as long as you have that, you know, backbone and meaning, it's going to carry you, especially through shitty times. Um, and with the metaphor of running to life, I mean, there's going to be days like in the calendar club, I'm sure you get to whatever 24th, you're like, fuck, like, I don't want to run 24 miles, but right. when you can lean back on that deeper meaning and be like, okay, wait, this is why I'm doing it. Right. Right. So that wasn't, that wasn't there for the calendar club, which made it like even more difficult, you know? And was that the reason you kind of looked for a deeper meaning to help you on those shitty days? A little bit, but I think the lasting effect of after of like, once I finished calendar club, it was like, that's it. Whereas after love, like Lori last year, it's like, we're still seeing the effects of how important us all coming together from that was. And so it went from like, you know, the next day of calendar club being like, okay, that was cool. Now it's in the past where we're still sitting here a year later talking about love like Lori, continuing the legacy of Lori and coming together in a way that's far greater than a run type of thing. And so it's like, that's the thing. It's, it helps on the shitty days, but it also, it's like, it allows us to continue moving forward. 100%. Sorry, I didn't mute. I didn't unmute in time. Don't think I'm slow in the head. <laughs> but, so we we talked about the beginning, which was last year, the first year of Love Life Glory. This year, which is September 29th through October 2nd, yes. different. What's bigger? What's the goal if it's changed? What's, what's changed about it? So it's, yeah, it is bigger. The thing that's changed is... Um, we want to reach more people. Yes. And so how do we do that? Um, how do we reach the state of Minnesota? I guess it's, well, let's run across the state of Minnesota. So this year's run, um, we'll be departing from Fargo, North Dakota, and we'll be running from Fargo to Stillwater. So that's a border to border run. If you cross the bridge in Stillwater and you're in, you're in Wisconsin. So it's a border to border run. It's 266 miles. And um, the, the goal is to complete it in 84 hours or less. Now, those are all, you know, arbitrary goals, I guess. They, they don't really matter at the end of the day. Um, I have no idea if they're realistic. It's sort of a type of thing where it's like, all right, here's our, here's our timeline route agenda. And at least we have something to work off of. Um, and the goal is to raise $20,000. Um, and so, you know, how this year is going to be different. Last year, it was love like Lori. Like it was, we just lost this, this important person um, to our lives and to the Weber family. 
And we wanted to honor Lori's name and really start this nonprofit that as of two weeks ago, we just had our first fiscal year, which is phenomenal. Um, and this year, the run is called Living the Legacy. What's different about that is through this, um, my relationship to Blake and more specifically John has um, grown tremendously. Um, spent a lot of time one-on-one -on -one with them. Um, John and I have been texting each other, um, you know, weekly of just checking in on each other. And um, there's been a lot of battles over this last year. Um, and those battles aren't for me to tell of his, but what I will say and what I think people, you know, would recognize is it's not easy to lose someone, especially someone that close and your spouse and just, um, yeah, it's, I don't need to go much further on that, but the whole idea is after Lori passed away, it's like, what, how do you continue living? How do you get over the obstacles of no longer having this rock in your life? And, um, you know, what did Lori want you to live your life as? And I think the, the run this year, and I told him this, like the run this year is more about John than anybody else, because it's about how we can come together, like he texted me, how can you go to the center of your hurricane and how can you use that pain to then help other people that inevitably will be going through a similar situation to you. And to see him, you know, we dropped off a check at the University of Minnesota Hospital where Lori was being taken care of two Fridays ago. And it was check that we were, you know, we were able to do on behalf of Love Like Lori. And to see him have this mindset of, I want to do this with a, with a nonprofit. Like, I want to start helping these people. Um, it, it's just like, it was beautiful. And to see, you know, the shirts that we're wearing, he had worn to like a plate against sports to get his rollerblades fitted for this next room. And one of the young boys who was working behind the counter saw the pancreatic cancer logo on his chest and instantly recognized it. And he had uh, recently lost one of his parents to pancreatic cancer. And, um, and one of his other parents is uh, going through, I don't know what exactly the type of cancer is, but one of his other parents is going through another cancer. And um, to see John learn from that experience, take it, and, and I think he's meeting with that young boy this week or last week to grab lunch with him and to say, I want to be able to help people like this. And, you know, the amount of time, energy, love, pain that went into just that experience existing and now being able to use that experience to be like, Hey, now, now you can help people with this. It's like that, like when we talk about what's really important at the end of the day, it's like moments like that are what drive this thing forward. And that mini microscopic example of 
even wearing the logo and then finding, you know, that young kid that had just lost a parent to the same cause, uh, that, that's something we talk about as well on here, where when you're your true genuine self, or in this example, you're wearing yourself on a shirt and what you stand for, you naturally just attract people that are like-minded or are like you. Uh, like the universe just kind of rewards you in that way. So for example, another example would be, I mean, this is very macro level, but uh, if you're into cars and you post, uh, you know, yourself working on an engine or something on Instagram, I don't know, I've never seen that, but you could do it. Right. You'll attract people that like to work on cars or are interested in that. So a benefit of doing this is you're, you guys are going to be able to find people that are warm leads, we'll call them, that will resonate with the message and the meaning behind the whole thing. And I think that's a really cool part of the process um, in creating something like that. Like you're going to start attracting these people that are perfect people, you know, for John to go get lunch or dinner with, for you to help out, for you to impact. So I think that is one of the coolest parts about it, honestly. And it helps us build a stronger team at the end of the day. Like we're no longer having to reach out to people constantly to ask for help here and help there. People are starting to see what we're putting out and they want to get involved. And I think that is super important. And that's why like John just started a Instagram page, Love Like Lori Legacy, which everybody should go follow. And it's a way that he can start to share a message. And I think once it's, it's tough because when we're not used to posting, and we're not used to sharing a message. There's a there's an uncomfortability to um, start sharing something different, um, and there's an ego at play. There is what are people going to think of me at play, and an overall just uncomfortability to posting um, about things that you care about. Once you can break through that, and once you can um, understand like really get back to like why am i posting it what's the message behind it the, the upside is endless like the potential for people to see your message and want to get involved and and see a potential change within themselves is um it's it's much more important than any negative that can really come from it because the negatives are all insecurities or ego or feeling like you know, people are judging us. And at the end of the day, like that stuff doesn't matter when our mission and our goal is to try and do good. And I'm, I, and I say that very intentionally because who knows if what we're actually doing is good. All we can do is try our best to do good. And it's funny you mentioned that, that blip a couple few seconds ago, my internal clock's off probably 35 at this point, 40, <laughs> but I see the same thing with when I do this podcast, not to make it about me, but I'll be like, damn, like, what are my buddies going to think if I post this? Like, even though it's something I really want to post and really want to talk about, it's like, shit, like my ego comes into play. Know what I mean? And then you remind yourself, wait, I'm actually doing this to find people that actually fuck with what I'm talking about. Like, I don't care about the jesters and the jokers that are going to be chuckling in the corner or whatnot. And that's a good segue into what I kind of want to jump into next with you specifically. And it's very fitting that you are the one that created this whole movement and, you know, this tribe that you're building um, because you 
you didn't strike. And okay, so let's let's get into this. So we bear, we we knew each other in college, right? But I wouldn't say we were friends. We would party, but we we wouldn't hang out. I wasn't, you know, like a roommate like Blake was or anything. Right. And perception of you in college was just, you know, the partying athlete, really. Yeah. And that's kind of what I, I wasn't an athlete, but I was a partier. Like people probably didn't take me very seriously. So I, it's interesting to me that you ended up being this deep thinker and leader, really. Like you're a leader because you put this together. You're the one that makes it go. You're literally, no pun intended, the legs of the operation. So at first, did you have these thoughts of, you know, what are people going to think of me? Or did you go through some internal, you know, shift in your mind over to this creator creative type of dude or what what was that all about in your mind because i know you had some thoughts running through your brain yeah um so first first and foremost um as much as it would be easy to take full credit or say that i'm the one pushing this thing all together um if this doesn't happen without our team at the end of the day so just want to make sure we're giving shout outs to Blake and John and Andrew and Sarah and Emily and our team at Love Like Lori, because at the end of the day, this ain't all me. It's all of us coming together and working together. Um, but yeah, I mean, when, <laughs> when I was in school, I think I suppressed a lot. went from uh you know parting athlete is probably the best way to categorize how I was acting in school and um it you know when I was a sophomore going into my sophomore year I had come off a freshman year spring of getting written up by pub safe on two separate occasions which got me kicked off the football team and coming back, um, I had to spend the spring um, not doing any workouts with the team and um, into a summer where I'd have constant calls with Caruso about where my standing was, give him updates on where I was. And um, coming into the school year, I had to meet with him before and um, I was welcomed back on the team. And at that point, I was wearing jersey number 11 I loathed that number I wanted to be jersey number 22 and um there's two reasons that I did this you know I, I wanted to be jersey number 22 so I was like how can I how can I get what I want and then also um make it be something that not just benefits me but coach can see that it's like okay I could see how how that would work. So what I, what I did and what I said was, um, you know, I'm coming off of getting in trouble two times last year. I spent the summer working on myself. Um, and when I say working on myself, I was more talking the talk instead of walking the walk, wasn't doing the deep work. And I was like, let's put this old me behind me. Let, let's let, put me in a number like 22. And basically that Putting on that new jersey was me trying to put on a new identity and say, 
okay, the past is the past, it's time to move forward. And so that's what we, what we did. And I think, not, not I think, I know looking back on it, I was in the fake it till you make it mindset of, okay, if I can say these things and I can sort of change the things that are on the outside, like a jersey number or how I'm talking or, you know, almost like in a, in a fool type of way, like I'm lying to myself and other people, but if other people are perceiving me as, okay, he's starting to take his, his life more serious then everything else will follow through. Um, and if you fast forward to my junior year, um, I ended up getting written up by PubSafe for a third time for drinking. And that's when my world came crashing now. Um, it was like everything on the outside was all bullshit. And what that did is it, it, it lost trust with the people that had been putting faith in me to count on. Um, and, um, and, and really in that moment, I started to really think about, okay, what the fuck am I doing? Um, because before it was like, everybody else is able to drink. Like everybody else is able to have fun. Why am I not like, why am I getting in trouble? Like I'm, I'm unlucky. I'm getting in bad situations. This isn't a me problem. It's a them problem. Um, and in that moment, I realized that it, it, I had to go much deeper. So I started seeing a sports psychologist on campus um, and I started journaling. And journaling is the one thing that I continue to this day has been one of the most important things in my life. And um, <laughs> it's funny because my, um, so my junior year, um, my new year's resolution was I'm only drinking beer. I'm only drinking beer. And I think every, a lot of people have those moments where they're like, all right, I'm, I'm cutting out hard alcohol. I'm only drinking beer. Maybe it's just me. Um, but my birthday's in January. So my 21st birthday was at the end of January. And I spent the whole night turning down free shots here, free shots there, people trying to hand me alcohol not all night. And it was the first time I, would ever, I had ever made decisions that were for me. Like I made a decision for myself that I stuck to this commitment and I ended the night like having a great time in the most responsible way. Um, and, and that sort of started the journey of like, okay, if I really want to, if I really want to stop getting uh, written up and being in pub safe's custody and being in Crusoe's office, um, then you know, I have to start to slow down and reflect and see how my decisions are actually making an impact on the world around me. And, um, and yeah, and, uh, and, and that is when I think about trying to gather myself here, when I think about what are some important moments to me I think about I think about 
walking to Caruso's office and telling him about this jersey. Looking back and saying like how much BS I had to try and tell other people what I was trying to change about myself. I remember having a conversation with my dad where I called him up and I said, when am I going to start feeling like an adult? When am I going to start maturing? And not even remembering a single word that came out of his mouth because I didn't care. All I cared about was on, you know, when you graduate, you'll start feeling like an adult. When you get your first job, like I wanted these specific moments to be certain and I didn't want to have to do the work. Um, and, and really understanding that it took a lot of those failures of getting written up and getting in trouble and putting myself in situations that I didn't, um, that were unfavorable, unfavorable for me was the greatest lessons that I've could have, I could have learned. Um, and, and it's funny, you know, like, I saw Matt Mitchell this weekend, who's a former teammate and roommate, and um, he's out in D.C., so we don't see him a whole lot, but he was in town, and he was telling me about one of his coworkers who is kind of acting like a fool when he drinks at the, you know, company party, and he used me as an example of, like, my roommate in college had to cut out hard alcohol from his life, and he, you know, he was a jackass and he was all these things. But when he started to actually take into account his own actions, like that's when his life started to change. Um, so I see all of those things and I look at it now and I'm just like, I just wanted to stop being a jackass. And I wanted to stop being a parasite to the people around me. And I, I wanted to not see, you know, destruction around me. I wanted to be able to help people. And, I, and, and so it was like, it doesn't come from just talking and um, projecting these things. It comes from writing and it comes from getting to know yourself. I spent, this was uh, earlier in the spring, but I, I journal, I journal a lot. And I just finished one of the journals that I'd written through. And I spent a Saturday where I spent four and a half hours walking trails. And I read that from start to finish seven months of me writing in a journal I read in four and a half hours and what it allowed me to do was it allowed me to see what were the consistencies in my life that were no longer serving me what were the things that I continuously did wrong that I kept finding myself like all right damn it I have to recheck myself and I have to move forward from here what were the good things who were the good people who were the things and what were the what were the activities that were bringing me life and that were bringing life around me and shit, man, that takes time. It takes reflection. And what I wanted back then was quick answers. You know, I was the type of person who I cheated my way through school, man. Like that's the real shit. Like I didn't want to do the work. And if I was going to do the work, it was, Hey, I'm going to go lift, but I'm going to go lift at a time that I know that either attractive girls are going to be in the weight room or other teammates are going to be walking by so they can see me working. If it was nobody was around, probably wouldn't have done as much work. And so it was, what, what am I really doing this for? Who am I doing this for? And um, those are the tough questions. Like it was, you know, I hear it all the time from Jordan Peterson or who, you know, whoever's talking these days, 
but they're like, if you ask yourself these deep questions, if you're unhappy with your situation, then you have to be willing to find out the answer. And for me, finding out the answer took years. It took years of uh, beating around the bush, not really getting down to the root of it. And, um, you know, for me, it's big ego at play. It's big people pleasing at play. It's big, how can eyes and attention be on me in a way where I get all the credit type of way. And that's been really difficult um, to unravel. And I think over the last few years, I've done a really good job of at least being conscious of that. So when we started this, it was like, how are you dealing with it? It's like, what's the most important thing that matters? How can we eliminate the noise and all the other bullshit that really is only feeding the ego at the end of the day? And, um, and, and that's, a, that's a fucking process. Like it's a daily process of doing that. Um, and I'm just trying to, you know, like everybody else, I'm just trying to figure that out. Um, and that's part of being human though. Like you can't just snap your fingers and figure it out overnight. Like it's a uh, human brain is crazy, man. Like psychology, it's, it's a lot of deep thoughts. And then you realize, okay, I'm doing this for myself. I want to do this for myself. Nobody else matters. External validations out the window. And then you're thinking, wait, am I saying that? So others don't think that I want to be externally valid. Like it just keeps going back and forth. Yeah. So, I understand completely and journaling, by the way. So I like to journal a lot. I like to write. And I recently, I recently realized that any thought you have, I feel is best expressed. If you put it down on paper for some reason, I don't know if it's because you're slowing down and just writing it out and you know, you're not, you're not going to be stumbling when you're writing. I don't know what it is, but that's when I feel like I get my thoughts out the clearest. That's why I realized I like texting a lot. Not when I'm mad because I'll say something stupid, but I, I feel like I can express myself or communicate way better over text or writing or whatever it is. Uh, another benefit about journaling that you touched on, it just clears you out a little bit. It helps, uh, you know, put in perspective what's important, what you're really thinking, why you're thinking it. And my question is with journaling, why, why, why are things like journaling, which people do know help? Why, why is that overlooked? Because I feel as if people will look down on journaling. When you first mentioned you started doing it in college, my first question was, did others make fun of you? I'm guessing they did because it's, it's different and looked down upon for some reason, like all of self-improvement is, I feel. But why, why? Why do you think that is? Why are people quick to almost act above that, those type of things, which I, I really think help? Um. Yeah, that's a great question. I'm trying to think of like why I didn't. And the reason I didn't is because I didn't think it was as important as it was until I got to the, the benefit side of it. So I never got made fun of, but I, I definitely made sure I didn't get made fun of because nobody knew I did it. And um, when I would take the time to journal, it'd be in my room, I'd make sure my door was shut, I'd make sure it was locked, and I'd make sure, and you know, thinking about why. Um, because for me, it's the only place that I can actually 100% be my full self. And that journal knows every deep, dark secret about my life. And I think that's scary um, because uh, the information that, you know, all the things that we go through is in our head. 
And at least in that space, it's protected from the outside world and writing it down and getting scarily honest with ourselves is frightening because, you know, like in my head, it's like, okay, what happens if somebody finds this and reads this? Um, you have to let those things go. I think, I think what people should understand about journaling is reason it's been so helpful to me is because it takes you back to the place, it takes you back to that pain and it does it in a very real way. And so I've tried to go even further of um, actually going back to places that I have made mistakes. Um, I've, I've caused a lot of pain um, to people's lives. And um, like I said, I've been a parasite. And so my goal and like what I've thought about over the last several months is like, how can I, how can I go back to those people in those places and make things right? Because there is a certain aspect to, you gotta be able to forgive yourself. You gotta be able to move on from your past. But if people in the present are still being impacted by actions that you had in the past that are negatively affecting them, then I feel it's my responsibility to make sure that they know how apologetic I am and let them know how much, like how those things still are carrying with me. And, um, you know, when, so when I had gotten in trouble my junior year, we had, uh, that was a year we played Mary Hart and Baylor. And um, when I was on a work trip last November, I was going through Texas. And so I stopped at the stadium and I sat in the stadium. I snuck in. It was a rainy night. I sat in the stadium for an hour and a half and I sat in the stands and I just watched myself out there. And um, I cried, cried a lot. I was able to forgive myself. I was able to see all of the baggage that that player on the field had that he wasn't dealing with. And I felt sorry for him and I was angry at him and I was frustrated and sitting there, I was able to maybe not in full, but I was able to give my old self a hug and, and shake hands with that person and say, you're going to be okay. And, you know, and that's a very like, you know, I don't know if a lot of people are going to do that type of thing. That's what I'm going to continue to do and continue to go back to places and people that I can go do that with in real life. But the, the piece that I've gotten through journaling and from doing experiences like that continue to this day. And I had gone, I had gone skydiving three days after I did that experience. And you think like, oh, you jump out of a plane, the adrenaline, like that's a, an experience you're going to remember for a long time. Within the next day or two was already gone. But I still feel the peace of mind that I got from being able to look at myself junior year on that field and say, you know, what I needed to say to that person. And I think that people don't recognize how important peace of mind is um, and giving yourself a break. And then also going back to those places and understanding that 
if that's no longer who you are, then it's your job to let those people and let that person of yourself know that you aren't that person anymore and that you've grown and that what they did and who they were in those moments allowed you to get to a place where you're two years out and you can see that full perspective because without having journaling, you're just, you're just looking, you're so tunnel visioned into what your day-to-day is. And you got to be able to pull your perspective out and say, this is my body of work in the most true form, because you're only going to be as true to you. Um, you're only going to be the truest to yourself. And if you have no way to document that and look at that in real time over the course of a long period of time, then you're always going to put yourself as the hero of your own story. You're always going to make it, oh, it wasn't that bad, or I didn't, I didn't act that foolishly. Like you're always going to try and find a way to make excuses for yourself. And without writing it out and being fucking brutally honest, like you won't actually know what, how you can get better. Well, and another thing is, I mean, you alluded to it, by the way, before I, before we keep going, I got written up as well. A couple of times, freshman year, I almost had a transfer. My mom thought I'd be kicked out of college. I remind her every Mm. day, Hey, I made it through. Okay. I'm here. (laughs) But uh, it relates to kind of uh, the victim mindset that you play with yourself and you're, and you're young, by the way, you're young. You were young as hell. We're still young, but you were even younger back then when, you know, we're getting in trouble and whatnot with public safety, which to those who don't understand, that's basically like the campus police. Um, but it's, uh, it's interesting when you keep in mind, you know, am I being a victim when certain situations arise? Cause it's very easy to blame anybody but yourself it's very easy to not hold yourself accountable i still do it every day i need to get better at it but you realize that you uh your life becomes way better when you start taking accountability for your actions and not fucking bullshitting that Susie did this to me bobby did that to me like that's the reason it's not me and if you play the victim i'm guessing you know actually i know that that's going to prolong the period where you keep living with baggage or, you know, you keep making the same mistakes. Cause when you're sitting there in the bleachers looking down on you a couple of years earlier, I'm assuming that this thought went through your head, something like this, where you're like, damn, I wish I did this earlier. or I wish you could have seen this earlier. Mm. I was going to ask you ways to catch yourself earlier, but you answered it. Uh, journaling that does it for you. Yeah. And I think, um, I think, yes, it would be awesome to do it earlier, but at the same time, you have to give yourself time to be able to see that. Um, If I had done it earlier, I wouldn't have had the perspective that I do now. And um, and I think that's another reason why journaling is so important because you're not gonna know, like it's not something where it's like, okay, I learned my lesson, I can move on now. It's okay, there's a lesson to be learned here. Now, how can I spend the rest of my life learning from it? And that's like, that's the most important thing. It's not something that's just going to go away. Like I'm still learning from that experience. I'm still learning from last year's Love Like Lori. Like all these things are, okay, here are a ton of lessons I can just continue to learn the rest of my life. Because at the end of the day, when I think about when I have kids, it's like, if there won't be these quick answers that I'm going to be able to give them, it's going to be, Hey, here's the things that I did. And I'm still learning about myself today. And it's a lifelong journey of learning. 
and so when I do this too, when I do this podcast, you hear a lot of similar themes when I ask people like, Hey, what, what helps you keep you sharp? And, uh, you know, a lot of people say journaling, a lot of people say exercise. So yours is running obviously, but then you realize everybody's different, right? Because, um, let's say person B next to me might freaking hate both of those things. And I might hate their form of running and journaling. Um, so that's, that's been interesting to go through that thought process. Cause I've been so stuck on, you know, my way is right. My way is everybody else, what everybody else should do. Uh, have you ever seen somebody else's way of uh, coping with things or maybe something therapeutic, something they call therapeutic where at first you were like, no, absolutely not. And then you're like, okay, hold on. I'm marked out. I'm open-minded now. This is Mark 2.0. So you tried it and then it, really did its job um the first thing that comes to mind and i don't know if this totally answers the question but the first thing that came to mind is austin yokum and the way that he utilizes social media um he has a very intentional purpose behind how he uses it and there's a message to it and that was something that for me was super difficult to do. And the first time I had transitioned from like, you know, this like picture of me drinking or, you know, picture of me on this trip with like a one sentence tagline type of caption to, okay, this is going to be like a paragraph, a few paragraphs. There's going to be a message behind this. I'm going to post only if there's a purpose with this post. Um, the first time I did that, at the end, and it's still up there, the end, it says, this is an Austin Yoakum inspired post. And the reason I did that was because I was too afraid of what other people would judge me based on that post. And so to protect myself, I had to divert attention to, oh, this is just like, this is just a feeler. This is just something that Austin did, does, and I'm doing it for this, but it's not really who I am. And, um, and what Austin will tell you is your art is not meant to be in your basement because it's not yours to keep. And so what I do is I go back and like, if you look at my social media, you'll see pictures of me, um, passed out from drinking, or you'll see me being shot with a pellet gun from across the room because we were drinking all day. You'll see me, um, just like moments that are super difficult for me to post. Um, and they tell a story of like, hey, I am doing all these things to try my better myself, but I still make mistakes. And I still have these things, these skeletons in my closet that I'm not afraid to show you. And I think that has been super therapeutic for me of, I don't care if you know that I was passed out at this party or you know, I you know, got shot in the arm with a blow dart or all these stupid things. Um, because when I do post those things, um, I get reached out to friends, old friends, people from high school, people from college who say, I have so many videos on my phone of me doing this that I'm ashamed of. And um, I appreciate you posting that because it makes me feel less alone in my journey. And whether they're ready to, um, take that full on and be open about that and make changes to life. The fact that they can see that somebody else 
is like that too. And they're not ashamed to share that. Um, they let me know that that gives them encouragement to be more confrontational with their past self. And so that's like, that's therapy to me, but it's also a way that I can use my pain and my, my embarrassing moments to allow other people to try and do it to themselves. And I think that's very cool. And again, I'm playing the, you know, I'm playing the side of telling everybody kind of filling anybody in who's not, you know, from our instant community, what's going on and kind of translating. But so this would be one thing if you did this, it would be one thing if, you know, you, not a lot of people knew you um, and you didn't have many followers and it wouldn't be that big of a deal. It wouldn't take that much guts, but I mean, Mark, Mark was, uh, he was in a lot of circles. We'll call it that. So that makes it to me more impressive that you did that because when you are posting and you're like, okay, shit, are somebody, is somebody going to judge me? The answer is yes. Like there's yeah. always going to be somebody fucking judging you, no matter what you're doing, even if you're right. doing something for a great cause, I'm sure there's jokers out there that are judging you for doing love like glory. Yeah. That is, that is, that's just the truth. Um, but then I heard somebody on our podcast recently, Brad Lee, you might've heard of him. He's like a sales guru, super good with utilizing social media. Jokum or Yoakum, sorry. Is it Yoakum? Yeah. Okay. Yep. No joke, yoke. <laughs> you would love, he would love him because all of his posts tell a story and it's like, a, you know, it's a self-help sales type of dude. But he said, there is no haters. There's no negative people because I choose to not let them exist. Like I only see the positive people. So I'm assuming that you've kind of transitioned more towards that mindset because of course there are people that are judging, like, of course, like that's just the way of the, of the world. Um, and I don't know if you've come to terms with that or if you are more on the side of, I don't care about them anymore, or you're forcing yourself to not care or where are you in that journey? I guess. Um, that's difficult. Um, I find, uh, I struggle with that, but I know at the end of the day, no one judges me harder than me. I am insanely critical of myself. I overthink everything. Um, like there's nobody that's going to be more ashamed, embarrassed, critical, judgmental than myself. And so because I live with that, I'm actually trying to figure out a way to see more of the positivity, not just from other people, but within myself. Um, and at the end of the day, like, yeah, like what, worries me more is there's a group of people friends that I had started to get to know this summer who um, who knew some people in your grade and um, you know the, the topic of you know me came up and the one person said um, like was sort of talking about who I used to be or I'm trying to be vague because I don't want to give names, but they were just like, hey, by the way, which is very small minded to do that. Yes. Yes. Which is fine. But um, the, the friend that I had made this year was like, I, I would never expect that like that. I would never think that Mark would be that type of person. And in my head, the like the very next day I made a post uh, that was like the next day I made a post about me getting shot with a pellet gun. And I was like, I want to make sure that everybody who comes across me isn't surprised by this like old version of me. I want to have, I want them to have all the information on me as possible 
so that um, they know that like, I'm not this like person who thinks that they have it all figured out because I'm not. And it's important that they know that I was, I was a troublemaker. I was, you know, a hooligan, all these other things. And I think that's important because I'm not the, like, if you come up to me in the street and you say, Hey, how are you doing? Like, I'm going to tell you how I'm doing. I'm not going to say good, or I'm going to say, I'm really insecure about this. I've been overthinking this. And I start from a place of being super open almost to my, almost to my own fault, but it doesn't matter. Like I want people to know that I'm insecure all the time. Like I overthink all the time. I'm down on myself all the time. I doubt myself a lot. And that's a struggle that I go through. And I think all of us go through and there's no point in trying to hide that. Like we all fucking struggle. And it's important that if I don't see it out there, like I don't see people being outwardly facing about that. And so I'm not going to hide it. And my hope is that other people then don't hide it with me so that we can have honest conversations about what's really fucking going on. I like that. I do like that. And then I would also add, I think there's almost two sides to this, unfortunately, because I, I think society has made it this way, but there's, I think everybody of course struggles, of course, nobody's perfect. Nobody has a supercomputer brain, but then in my mind, it goes back to the victim mindset type of thing. Cause you have, things that helps you with that. You take action. You do. You literally run. You can't fake running. You can't talk the talk about running. Yeah. You're, you're waving your finger. That's, that's your thing that helped you out of that. So I, I, of course everybody struggles, but then I want to get into this. I don't understand the people that, um, that make it worse by, you know, not acting, choosing to not act. Cause I think action is medicine. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Action is medicine. Um, it's hard, man. Like it's hard when you don't know how to handle it. Um, and not to say that I know how to handle it for everybody. You know, for yourself though, you know, I know, I know for myself and, and that came with a lot of time spending alone that comes from, uh, removing distractions. So when I run, I don't run with music or podcasts. I it's in all the runs that I've done over the last two years, it has been me in my head. And that's a lot of alone time. And it's a lot of time for me to reevaluate who I am. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's, um, it's if, if when you're stuck mentally, the worst thing you can do is be stuck physically. So if you feel stuck, the best thing you can do is go for a walk. And in my case, that's why I go run because it's like, I run, I try and run not to run away from things, but run toward things. And I think early on in school, when I was trying to go through this change myself, I was more so trying to run as far away from the problem as possible, because I figured if I could distance myself far enough away from it, then I could look at it and be, I'm no longer that. And I mean that very figuratively and literally at the same time. And so where it changed for me is, okay, no, I can't run away. I have to run towards it. And it's not going to be anywhere outside. It's going to be inside with me. And so that's why like journaling is super helpful, but actually moving my body and picturing like I'm running towards my problems. 
and being able to think about them and move my body creates for me this um, creates this like connection between I can overcome it by just continuing to put one foot in front of the other. And so I have this, like, that's why I grow out this beard when I do runs. Um, that's why like, it's, we talk about masks a lot. And like my mask that I removed was this egotistical guy who wanted attention and partying and wanted quick answers to everything. He, he, he wanted all these things and running for me, just like journaling, it takes time to get good at. And without time, you aren't able to reflect. And so like my mask, my healthy mask is this beard because I, this beard was started when I decided to, okay, I want to, I want to run the living the legacy. Like I want to get this thing going. And so it's a constant reminder of it's a day to day process. And when this thing grows out longer and longer, it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take time to get, um, to get to a length that I feel like full in it. And it's, it's just a way for me to, um, it's a way to physically give me some type of growth because without like, yeah, without running or without these things, like you're not able to look back and see progress. So my first thought is my beard need, means nothing. I need to add <laughs> meaning to my beard. Uh, number one. Could but use work. I does. I need to do something. I need to do something with my beard. Maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll dye it orange to remind me to be bold every day. That's like the bold colors. But um, I like how you do that because this kind of relates in my mind to what we were just talking about, how people that are stuck, it's very easy to stay stuck. Just like it is easy to critique somebody that's doing something different because that's like the majority, that's what the majority does. Um, but I liken this in a bizarre way. Your beard reminds me of the social media algorithm because hmm. it's very easy to have your alg algorithm stay stuck on like negative clickbaity shit that's basically fast food for your head and on the flip side me and my calls just kind of argued about if the smartphone's a good or bad thing i was saying it's a good thing because you can control your out you can start liking and intentionally looking at things that are more positive that give you inspiration motivational and before you know it you know like your whole alg will be that way just like if you are on the right you can literally fill your alg with things on the left and if you're left you can fill your things with things on the right it, it, right. it doesn't read your mind it's just you know it's the algorithm right so that beard to me it, it's interesting because you're choosing to make that a symbol of momentum yeah um which i've never thought about doing with my beard but maybe i will now but that to me is kind of uh it's a weird metaphor to like an algorithm to to trigger your brain to think positively or to be inspired so that that's very interesting that you do that i had no idea well, it, I think we're so quick to look for answers outside. Like we're so quick to look for answers in the world around us when we forget that there is an entire universe living inside our mind, our hearts, and our spirits. And we don't pay enough attention to try and figuring out those answers. And so I've almost to a painful amount just tried to search every part of my soul um, knowing that I'll never ever find answers to questions of like, am I a good person? Like, am I 
is what I'm doing good for the people around me? Because you could go down so many rabbit holes of those conversations of ourselves, but that's why I do a shit ton of driving and I'll spend more time just putting on a beat and just speaking, singing, rapping thoughts in my head, or I'll just go completely silent because there's an uncomfortability factor that comes when we are stuck with ourselves and doing that. There's like, there's so much to learn about ourselves. And when we start to just, at least for me, when I started to learn more about myself, it was, I became way less judgmental of people around me. I became way more empathetic. And um, I think like, I don't know, I just like, it seems like we can do a better job of not looking outside for answers because we have all the answers within us. So when you do these things, because you spend a lot of time alone, yeah. you, you spend a lot of time in deep thought and you just said, you, you said something relating to outside other people. Oh, you said it helps you with kindness overall and the way yeah. you treat people. Um, I, I, compared to you, I do not spend that much time alone whatsoever. I have two roommates and I have three friends that just moved in literally next door. So I am, if I want to be alone, I got to get away. Your job by nature is to be alone. Um, however, when I do spend time alone and I do things related to this podcast and whatnot, and, you know, get into the world of creators and whatever, I tend to find that I give people random strangers and just people I barely know the benefit of the doubt more. Hmm. Um, I don't know if that's the same for you, but you said it makes you way more, you know, I'm, I'm looking for the word, my vocab's running low fuel, but you're more inclined to be nice. You're more inclined to spread love and positive vibes. We'll see. Yeah. Do you, do you find that? Cause I feel as if we're kind of on the same wavelength with some things here. Yeah, no, definitely. I would say I spent a lot of time on the road alone. And with that, I get to choose to be whoever I want to be. Like if I wanted to present myself in a way that I don't even know how I'd present myself because I struggle so much with trying to present myself as who I am. Um, as it is, um, but I can be whoever I want on the road, which is even better when I can be, okay, who am I and who do I want to continue to be? And like, who do I want to work towards being? And however I show up in that way, like, I feel like I can, like you say, be kinder to other people because regardless of of the outcome i'll never see that random stranger again um and people say like you know how do i get away it's like you can go to a local park and you can just be lost like you can you can go to a concert by yourself you can um you can i don't know go to dinner by yourself that that's something that's super hard to do like i went to the state fair and i went by myself and I walked around for two hours and it was the greatest thing ever. It was the greatest thing ever because I was living in this world by myself, thinking and experience while there was this chaotic stream of people around me. And so it's like, it's not that hard to go find places to be on your own. And I don't even know what your original question was um, of just like, what was, does that answer what you were, it doesn't even matter. This is beautiful. It's just a thing for it. 
I, I was asking if you have begun to give people the benefit of the doubt more, which I, I think I can answer for you. I think you have. I mean, just because you, I think that's a side effect of spending time alone. Like you just, you judge less, you assume the worst less, at least from my perspective. Yeah, I would, I would agree with you, but I think what helped me more do that was um, letting people in on the, the embarrassing stuff, like hosting the drinking, um, telling people that everything isn't okay, like showing the sides of me that for so long I try to protect because I was afraid of other people finding out the skeletons in my closet, all of those things, those allowed me to be more empathetic because um, when you're posting stuff that's like intentioned to put yourself on this pedestal um, without like fully intending to do so, unintentionally on the subconscious, you're putting yourself in a position where you're trying to elevate yourself. And I think, it, you know, I think you know, we talk about peacocking, like I think that's okay to do, but I just know that when I do those things, um, I'm less humble. So like to build humility in myself, it's really making sure that other people know like I am not okay. Like I am struggling. I do struggle with these things. Like these are things that are working out because if I can start from that point, then like who cares that I'm running 266 miles? Like really, who really cares? The, the thing that matters most is what it's allowing us to do with painful experiences. It's allowing us to come together, share in these moments, um, build community, um, allow other people to come out and say, God, I lost this person. And like, it's been really fucking hard for me over the last couple of years. But you guys doing this and sharing that pain with us allows me to better deal with it and know that there's people out there like me that struggle. Like at the end of the day, that's the only thing that matters that's coming out of this run and the things that I'm doing and what I'm trying to share. And that's why when, um, when I meet people that I haven't seen in a while and they want to talk to me about running, honestly, I don't fucking want to talk about running because it's not about running at all. And that's why, like, when you came out to me at Coachella, you said like, really appreciate how you use social media. I'm like, thank you for saying that because to me, you're actually reading into the things that I'm doing. And it's important for me that you, like people take that away and not the, you're running 266 miles. That's fucking awesome. Like, like that's so cool. You're David Goggins. Like all that shit is that all that shit like drives me insane because it's like, that's not why I'm doing it. That's, that's not, not the point. message. That's, that's not the purpose the point. level message. You gotta go yes. Yes. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's just like sharing those things that actually matter. It, and it's like, that's the art. Like running for me is art. Podcasting, among other things for you, is your art. Yoakam and his uh, weightlifting and his gym and his programs, that's his art. But that's not like the thing that drives it forward. It's the message behind it. It's like the things that mean something to you that come from a much darker place. And it's like, those are the things that we should be talking about more. Yes. No. And I, I've been asked so many times, like in a kind of a condescending way, why do you do this podcast? And like, cause they think, I think what they think is that I'm waiting to like blow up or something. Yeah. Well, reality. So many benefits that I can't even put into words have came into my life through this. Yeah. And I'm assuming the same is for you in running. Yes. 
So, I mean, that's what it's all about. And obviously, you know, your event is six days. No, no, no. It will be six days away when we post this. And right now it's about two weeks away, correct? Yeah. So it's the 29th. Today's Wednesday. It's two weeks from today. It's when we start. So give us, give us the details. If you've made it to the end, thank you. The only thing left to do if you're here is to listen to how to donate if you want. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So plug your stuff, Mark. Plug your stuff. Um, where you can find, so you can find me on social, Mark Dowdle 22. Um, we'll have links to donate in my bio. You can also, where you can really check out like information on how to donate as well is lovelikelory.com. Um, it starts September 29th. What we're going to also do is so from last year's run, we had everybody do a virtual 5k. And that was a way to kind of bring the broader community together. Um, we're going to do that again. Um, but we're going to do that in person right now. I'm pushing for us, uh, university of St. Thomas's track because the boys are in San Diego that weekend. Um, I'm getting that confirmed Friday if that's going to be possible, but either way, it's going to be in St. Paul. So um, donate, 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 donate. Um, help us reach our goal of 20,000. Um, if you are um, want to come to the 5K, um, just you know, check our social for um, that. And then um, and that is pretty much it. I do want to give a shout out quick to so Yoakum Strength, uh, the Center of Movement and Busy Coffee were three sponsors that hopped on board. And so uh, making sure that they get shout outs for that. Um, just believing when not many other people wanted to uh, give money to help fund this. Um, so it's been really great to have those three support systems. Um, I think that's, I think that's it. Um, and I'll jump on quick. I actually have had busy coffee. And I got busy after. It makes it good. <laughs> it's good stuff. It gets you going. It gets I'm not you gonna going. be able to run 266, but wow, I like it. I like that. Stuff. I miss it actually. Well, well, I'll make sure to drop off some busy when I'm back home. That's right. You dropped it off. That's how I got it. Okay. Yeah. This makes sense. Okay. It's all coming together. The universe is all related. Yes. Yes. Um, Mark, thank you. This has been long overdue. This has been long overdue, and I'm glad we got it at a really good time. Um, Blake is a very good friend of mine. So I really appreciate you doing this. Um, Blake, you're probably hearing this right now. You're a funny guy yourself. Hope to see you soon. But again, Mark, thank you for coming on. Uh, if you don't see how Mark's bold, I think you need new ears or glasses or whatever, however you're consuming this. I don't know. <laughs> but thank you again, sir. And then any last words, any last dance words? Uh, no, I think, um, I think the message that comes to mind is your art, not, your art is not yours to keep. Don't keep it in your basement. If you're struggling with something, talk to someone, um, share it with people, share it with the world, because you never know who's going to come knocking at your door to say, hey, I'm struggling too. You really helped me get out of this dark space. Um, so I appreciate you, George, um, having me on here, uh, getting to share the story. Um, and yeah, this is awesome. I've been following you for a little bit here and it's been really cool to, to see you grow and uh, watch this podcast grow so just say keep it up man this is awesome hey well thank you from across zoom thank you 
you know, this, this is how our relationships are these days. I'm not saying me and Mark are dating, but we're friends <laughs> and we're doing podcasts over Zoom. So this hey. is, it's the magic of technology. Yeah, it's great. So, all right, everybody, if you like this, if you like the message, share it with anybody. I don't care who it is, your dog, your grandma, it could be <laughs> anything. I don't care, but share it. If you like it, leave a review. It's not too much to ask. I mean, trash it, give it a one star. I don't care, it's fine. But uh, Mark's also accessible for all things outside of the uh, organization, the nonprofit as well. Um, if he inspired you, reach out. He's a human, he's not a bot. You know, mm. a bold human, not a bold bot. So, uh, Mark, thank you for coming on and everybody live forward.